what's going on, buddy? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOTD Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is July 28th, and this Friday, <laughs> you've got one hell of an album coming out your way, and we're going to talk all about it and the state of the scene. Not the podcast, but the actual state of the scene when it comes to music. But before we do that... I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness, for this video and this podcast and everything that goes along with it because, well, man, concerts, back, mosh pits happening, me jumping into them, going crazy at all these shows, all these concerts, and I want to make sure that I can keep doing what I'm doing, keep going, and not tap out halfway through because I want to make sure my fitness is on top of this game, especially for myself as well, make sure that I have the best cardio I can, lift the most that I can, and just keep being the healthiest person I can be. So I hit the gym a lot, hit certain fitness goals. But I want to make sure that when I recover and, you know, prepare myself for it and make sure my body continues to build up, I want to make sure I'm good with that. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with all different supplements like pre-workouts, creatines, proteins for both AM and post-workout, different BCAA compounds to help you recover after your workouts, different multivitamins, everything you could possibly want is part of their repertoire. So please go check them out to help reach your fitness goals. Our listeners get 15, 15% off using the code MSOTD at Phoenix Fitness. You can click on the link in the description of the podcast. Check that out. Again, use code MSOTD for 15% off your entire order. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. But my God, get ready for this episode because I get to talk to Bert from Chunk. No, Captain Chunk, all about their brand new album, Gone Are the Good Days, coming out on July 30th, 2021, coming your way, the band is back, and again, we talk about the album and the state of the scene, not the podcast, but we talk about the actual state of the scene. Are you guys ready? This is one of my favorite conversations of all time. Enough with me previewing it. Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girl listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, the band with probably the best name I have ever heard for a band. I have them on the podcast today. Their brand new album, Gone Are the Good Days, comes out on July 30th, their first album since 2016. And I mean, I cannot wait to actually have this conversation with this man right now. So please welcome Bert from the band Chunk. No, Captain Chunk. So Bert, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm very glad to uh, to be part of the show. And uh, and I really like the fact that you said that our our band name was actually cool because we got like a lot of shit just for that. <laughs> really? Why would you get so much shit for it? Just the because whenever you, if you ever seen the Goonies, you remember that scene where all of a sudden everyone looks up the pirate ship. They're like, Chunky's here. No. Captain Chunk, and it's 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 memorable, and it just stand out just because you take a look at band names. It's a lot of them; they're very simplistic, very similar, and this one just stands out because it makes no sense, but it makes all the sense in the world at the same time as well. Sure, I mean, I guess a lot of people don't even have the reference, so I guess if you don't have the Goonies reference, then it's just odd. It's just weird, and there and plus there's like that weird like punctuation going, so you know, but. You know, when we came up to that, with, with that name, we didn't really think of like how that would be received, uh, especially in the United States, you know, so it was just us, you know, uh, having fun with, you know, our own band name, I would say. But at least, you know, we get noticed, uh, we get noticed just by our name. So which is, which is pretty cool, actually. 
Oh, I can easily see that as well. And if people don't get the reference, please go watch the Goonies to get the reference because Chunk is one of the best characters in any 80s movie of all time, especially when they do, hey, Chunk, do the truffle shuffle. And then he finally does it. And Or the scene where they're going to put his hand in the blender and he's crying and confessing to all these things he's done in his entire life. But it's just something where it's different. It's not going to be the same similar band name structure it's something that completely stands out. So anytime you'd see it on a tour poster or a festival poster, you're going to be drawn to it because the punctuation is completely different than many other bands or really any other band at that point. On top of that, if you get the reference, you want to go check out what kind of music they make due to the fact that, okay, they're making a Goonies reference. I just want to know what the hell this is about. Actually, actually, I have I have a very funny story just about that. Um, you know, like we have such a weird band name that, you know, um, we got like noticed even from like other artists that we toured with. For example, we were on that festival in, in Australia. It was Soundwave, which was pretty much like the biggest ever like lineup ever, ever, ever that has ever existed. That was like Metallica was was headlining. There was Blink-182, Linkin Park, Paramore, The Spring with Sum 41, you know, like huge, huge lineup. And, um, you know, we were like obviously one of the smallest band, uh, but we, we were still on the main uh, flyer. And um, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not that I think, I'm sure. Um, I think Stone Sour was playing. It was not Sleep Not, but like Stone Sour was playing. And we got, you know, noticed by a Corey Taylor, uh, which was playing uh, um, the Soundwave just because he was like oh that's just a weird band name i'm gonna check these guys out and um so he actually really enjoyed our show and you know uh what's funny is that after that we got like a huge um um yeah page about us on that big magazine that's called metal hammer mm -hmm. which is completely out of our you know zone i would say because you know we like it's very rare when we are credited on like that kind of like very metal um press but you know we got like a huge like big picture big uh, big interview and all of that on that on that magazine just because of Tur Corey taylor who got like curious because of our band name that's that's the story. <laughs> that is an incredible story, but you wouldn't be surprised to hear that, you know, when it comes to Corey Taylor, especially with a lot of publications when it comes to rock and metal, not only in the United States, but around the world, Metal Hammer, Metal Injection, Alt Press, Kerrang, Loudwire. There's very, like, ingrained with whatever Corey Taylor is doing. I mean, hell, Loudwire, when Slipknot came out with We Are Not Your Kind, the website was dedicated to Slipknot and Corey Taylor. They didn't do any press for anything else outside of just that for that whole entire week. So it does make sense where Metal Hammer would pick you guys up in terms of the fact that Corey Taylor was interested in you and guys have an interesting name, but it doesn't make, you know, it's not too far-fetched, especially listening to your music, because you do bring in some of those heavier riffs, you do bring in some of those unclean vocals at that time as well. And listening to other bands that kind of have some like time that similar style where you bring in pop punk, you bring in metalcore, some post-hardcore stuff. Think about a day to remember, for example, they're usually covered on a lot of those places as well. So it makes a lot of sense that they could also pick you up and have not have it not really seem like it's way out of the box. I mean, I mean, we've always been in between, like you said, like we've been like blending those two genres, but like we're doing it in a very, uh, you know, specific way. We're doing this like the way we want it to be. And I guess, um, especially at the beginning of the, of the band's career, we got like a lot of shit just for playing the kind of music we were playing just because 
especially when you listen to our first album, it's kind of like, it's not so pop punk, not so metal, or it goes like extreme both ways. But like, we're doing this within the same song, you know, like if you take a band like a Dead to Remember, for example, like they will have heavy songs and they will have, you know, all like popular songs like us. We've always tried to blend those, like those two, like completely opposite style of music, like beat like in the same song. And I feel like this is why, maybe not, I don't know, I might, I might, I might be wrong, but this is why we got like, I don't know, a lot of shit just for doing this, but you know, uh, you know, you know, this, this was a long time ago. And I feel like also we made our music evolve a little bit. So I don't know, but you know, there's always going to be metal purists and pop mm -hmm. punk purists. So within those two communities, we've always been kind of like that odd type of band, uh, who've been, tr we've been doing some weird shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain, but yeah, we've been always in between. <laughs> No, I know, Bert, exactly what you mean on that, because there are people that are in the metal group and the pop punk group where it's they only like specifically that genre and they're going to stick with it to any given point. Like with the pop punk peers, if it doesn't sound like Blink-182 or Newfound Glory or right. Good Charlotte or Sum 41, then they don't want to deal with it. And when it comes to metal, if it's like, oh, if it's not like Metallica or Slayer or Pantera, they don't want anything to do with it. Or like you bring in a metalcore as well, if it's not pure metalcore, kind of like Killswitch Engage, As I Lay Dying, even some like Under Oath. They're really not going to latch on to it. But as you've seen uh, over the course of, I would say, even like the past 10 years with your band, you, uh, Data Remember, for example, the blending of genres and the blending of styles is seeming to be more accepted because the learning curve has been there. It is a little bit of a deeper, steeper learning curve, but the time frame has passed. I mean, hell, I, I think I wore the perfect shirt with this by wearing a, uh, where's the, like, a falling in reverse shirt because the genre styles that Ronnie Radke is but specifically on the trilogy singles and popular monster, you're just getting this completely different. Like, I mean, I'm, you're throwing metalcore in with hip hop and rap and like this deeper sound. And now people are absolutely loving. It. I mean, I absolutely love the sound as well. So it just maybe it would take some time where you guys were at the front of that and people were just kind of standoffish because, oh, it's different. We don't know what to do. Ah! Yeah, right. Uh, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, I can tell uh, just from, like, our touring experience, because we started touring in, like, 20, 2011. Uh, and throughout the years, I could tell that, you know, our music was getting more and more accepted because, obviously, we've been on both kind of tours. We've been on, like, the very metal tours and also the very pop-punk tours. And, you know, you can tell when you're, like, you're getting on stage or playing your first song and, like, you can feel that the room is not really following and, like, they're trying to understand what you're doing. But, you know, usually, I, I you know, we noticed that at the end of our shows, it would be, like, you know, the whole room was kind of, like, uh, vibing and we'll, we'll join the party. So which was great, which was great to see. And, you know, I can tell that our first years of touring have been always kind of like, every shows have been kind of like a challenge just because there was a new crowd to actually connect with. That I was not, like, that was not always uh, here for us. But yeah, like you said, I feel like people have, you know, get used to that kind of combination. Um, so, and now, you know, in 2021 that we are, we are releasing a new album. I feel like our kind of music kind of like really speak to people, just like that positive energy. Uh, really, you know, a lot of people can relate to that right now, I feel like. 
No, yeah, especially with what we went through in 2020, given the pandemic, where everything got shut down, everyone was kind of nervous to see what happened. And honestly, one thing I've been seeing since 2020 going into 2021 is, been especially I'll use metalcore as an example, just with an angrier sound, a lot more unclean vocals. There's been a lot of great music that has come out there because it was really speaking to this time of just this anger, this kind of tenacity, this rawness that we didn't know what was going on. But now coming out of the pandemic, touring, resuming once again, being able to see bands play live for myself, getting to mosh pits, getting my face completely punched a couple of times and feeling alive once again. It's there's a certain kind of enjoyment that's behind there's a certain kind of just real like happiness that comes to it. And when I was listening to Gone Are the Good Days through the whole entire record, that was one thing I noticed was the record was just a like it was fun to listen to all the way through. It was enjoyable to listen to all the way through. And it's felt like, you know, at times it took itself seriously, at times it didn't take itself seriously. So you could really in like embrace the whole entire thing, enjoy it, while also having so many different curveballs thrown at you left and right because there were so many different attributes on so many of these songs that I had never expected you guys to even try. Thank you, man. I really appreciate your your comments on the album and because well, we don't like so far, we haven't got like a lot of, you know, comments, you know, talking about the whole thing. Uh, we didn't want to like the album to spread out too much. So I feel like also the label has been pretty uh, cautious with that. They, they haven't, you know, sent that to a lot of people. Uh, but that's cool. That's actually what we wanted this album to be like from start to finish, kind of like an experience of like, well, first, you'll never, I, I mean, uh, I hope hopefully people won't get bored at some point. I feel like all like all the songs, like each song has its own like vibe or anything. And you're switching song, you're kind of like entering a different world. So um, yeah, I guess I guess that's that was our main focus while we were songwriting uh, for the album. Just had like trying to you know obviously create the best songs as possible, make the best song as possible but also have that kind of like variety kind of having like having it like very diverse in a way um and uh yeah i really appreciate that you said that you felt that you 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 know you enjoyed the whole thing um just because i mean and and, and i really hope a lot of people will you know react the same way uh that was totally the uh the idea um it's not like a concept album where it was like a story or anything but i feel like there's a lot of topics and different songs that kind of like talk to each other. Uh, some songs are kind of like connected to each other somehow. Like for example, the, the first single we released, which, which was uh, Bitter, and Gone Are The Good Days are kind of like playing with that kind of like nostalgia, positive nostalgia kind of topic, which I feel like is very um, uh, interesting to do in 2021 with like the, the COVID and everything. I feel like a lot of people can, can relate to that. Um, but there's also, you know, some like more like love songs, which is like the first thing we're actually doing. Uh, you know, it took us like four four records, but it's actually like the the you know the first love songs uh, that have, you know we've ever written. Um, but but yeah, um, each song has its own vibe. But I feel like when you listen to the to the whole thing, it it make it make a lot of sense as a as a whole. Um, so. So yeah, I, I really hope like a lot of people will get that. And I'm, I, I, that's why I'm so stoked for this album to be released, just because I want everyone to experience the whole thing, the entire thing. 
Oh, absolutely. And one thing I've been saying consistently for the past couple months of the podcast, I'm going to say it once again for everyone listening. So if you have been listening for a while, you know exactly where I'm going to go with this. If you haven't been listening for a while, then trust me on this. When it comes to any album, and this album is no exception, when it comes to Gone of the Good Days, when it comes out, make sure you listen to it from top to bottom, the way that it is layered, the way that it is listed, the way that it was intended from Bert and the guys to be listened to, because you're going to end up really enjoying it a lot more than just picking out, okay, I'm going to listen to Bitter now, and I'm going to listen to Gone to the Good Days, I'm going to listen to Blame It on this song, because those were the singles. Alrighty, I'm going to listen to Complete, I'm going to listen to Tongue Tied, then listen to Marigold, and kind of go through it that way. No, no, no. Listen to it from top to bottom, the way it was intended, due to the fact that you're going to find some certain things in there. You're going to start to see some different connections to these songs that you really necessarily maybe wouldn't have uh, made had you not done that. I mean, take a look at Bitter, the initial song off the record, the lead single. When you listen to it, it does have a little more of that lighter pop punk flavor to it as well with a little bit of like this added heaviness. But then you go to that second verse and you go full unclean vocal because you bring in that whole metalcore trope as well just for a part of it. It adds that whole entire feel of, okay, like it feels like you guys have this mindset down, this creative idea down, but also feels like, especially after you guys uh, took a break back in 2016, now this is your first album since the break, it feels like just from that lead single, it's like, okay, Chunk No Captain Chunk is back because there's so much going on in that song. And then you got your other singles out there, Gone Are the Good Days and Blame It on This Song. I will not lie, out of the three singles though, I don't know what it is, but Blame It on This Song is one of the most enjoyable songs I've listened to this entire year. Can put it on, if I'm in a good mood, man, that just takes my mood to an even different height. It's so much fun to listen to just to really enjoy and let that good mood become a great mood. Right, and um, it's cool that you're picking up this one because this this one song you know has been written like a long time ago i mean it's been written like in 2016 and uh we got a i don't know i saw some people saying oh uh when we were you know you know we were kind of like silent for you know a couple of years a lot of people were like starting to say oh you know they will never come back just because they released that one song blame it on this song because the lyrics goes if i don't come back blame it on this song and and you know like a lot of people kind of like were very very uh were sure like convicted that you know we would never ever come back because that that song was the sign of you know uh something but um yeah it's i this one we, we decided to to have this one back on the on the record just because I don't know. I it, this even today, uh, even if it's a, it's a very old song now. I, I don't know. I really enjoyed this one. This one uh, also. It's I rem, it, it it reminds me all of those like years uh, days when we actually wrote the song. It was like right before Warped Tour 2016, and I don't know. There was like a lot going on. Um, uh, a lot of good stuff. A lot of not so good stuff. But. Um, yeah, this one kind of like that's the one song that kind of like triggers nostalgia to me uh, somehow. It is some sort of moody, but also very positive and very you know uh, upbeat and and yeah. Um, actually, we should play this song live. It, it makes I'm I'm thinking mm-hmm. out loud right now, but I, I think we should we should you know make this one as part of uh, our set for sure. <laughs> All right, if I can add to that honestly, because I think what I'm going to add to it might make you want to play that song live even more is because you're talking about how this song brings up all these different po- different nostalgia vibes, a lot for the positive as well. When I listened to it the first time, like there was a certain part of the sound that really made me kind of think back to honestly, when I was 6 years old, going to the movie theater and seeing Shrek for the first time. 
Now, granted, I'm six years old. All that matters to me at this moment is just, what am I doing right now? I just want to be happy, have fun. You know, I'm a happy-go-lucky kid at six years old. And nothing else matters except just me being myself and me being happy. Listening to Blame on the Song took me back to like the emotion behind the scene Shrek for the first time and enjoying life as a six-year-old with no responsibilities whatsoever. And it brought back so much positive nostalgia and positive just emotions behind it. So if you guys played this live, I got a feeling that a lot of people are really going to be able to just like pick up on it, get behind it, feel that nostalgia feel of positivity from something else in their life that they kind of reconcile with it as, and just really let loose and enjoy it. I mean, one of the guys that I'm going to this uh, rock uh, rock music festival called Rockfest here in Wisconsin with, he's a big Chunk No Captain Chunk fan. And when I told him, like, I'm going to be there late, and he's like, well, are you going to come late? I'm like, because I'm interviewing Bert from Chunk No Captain Chunk. He freaked the fuck out because he had not heard about you guys coming out with the new album. He's like, wait, they're back. They're back. I'm just like, yeah, I'll see you later after, uh, after I'm done with the interview. And he's probably shitting his pants right now that I'm recording this because he is so excited for this album to come out. And I'm just like, I've, I'm pretty sure he's heard blaming on this song. And he got that nostalgia feel of listening to you guys when he was younger, like in middle school, high school, and just really enjoying life at that point. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's way cool actually. Um, and it, it feels really good to see, you know, to see, you know, that people are, exp- I don't know, are, um, are surprised, but like in a very good way to see us coming back. And, you know, at first we were like, uh, like we, we, when we started talking about like writing a new album, we we're like, oh, you know, it's been, it's been a while. We, we, we didn't really know if like, if, you know, if we would come back and people were like, waiting for us if we if we if we would just have to release one song it'd be like okay we're back on track you know because we've seen bands that that have been like silent and they've been kind of like on that kind of hiatus for for a while and you know when they come back like nobody's waiting for them and that was you know that was kind of like the the risk we had to take but just looking at the at the reactions when we released bitter bitter like just looking at the comments and everything, like instantly in like the first hour after we released the single, we're like, okay, all right, yeah, that feels good. Like that, 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 I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to put words on this, but um, it felt like it, well, first, it felt like we never left. A lot of people were like, oh, that was so worth the wait or, or, or something like that, which was like the best comment for us ever. Um, and also, yeah, just, just to see people excited about you, like your band releasing new music after six six years of silence. I don't know. It, uh, it's it's so like kind of like rewarding, and I'm very grateful for our fans for you know being the way they are. Uh, just because, yeah, they're they're amazing. They've been like sticking around. They've been supporting us, uh, you know, for you know for a while now, and. Uh, and yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I, I just can't wait to like go back on stage and like reconnect because all those years, you know, we've we've been back on normal back to normal life and you know we've been doing our thing and and blah blah blah. But yeah, I kind of miss the live experience. I kind of miss like going back on stage, like talking to the fans and having the connection uh, with everyone. Um, yeah, so yeah, just being yeah, just being back on track feels like feels really good to us right now and yeah once you know covid will be just like 
over hopefully one day this will be officially over like 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 we'll be we'll 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 get on the first plane get the first tour offer even if it's like a crappy one and we'll just like yeah we'll be there we'll be there and yeah it it, it just feels good I, I i honestly sorry if i'm like lack of words lacking some words right now but hopefully you'll get the idea but but yeah that's just that just feels good to be back honestly Oh, I know the and it's a, when it comes to lack of words, don't worry about that because I totally understand the feel in a little bit of a different way because of course with COVID live shows were completely gone and for us fans, you know, live shows we go to those to not only connect with the artists, connect with the bands that we love, but also to connect with everyone around us and enjoy the music and it creates this incredible positive experience. We completely missed out on that in 2020 in the first half of 2021. It took me almost a a little bit of a, almost a year year in like four or five months from when I got was my last mosh pit to my first one back after the pandemic. I mean, the one that the last big one I was in previously was in February of 2020 when I got to go see falling in reverse. I almost had my nose broken during popular monster. I'm like, this is awesome. I can't wait for this year to continue after that. Nothing, just nothing because COVID hit and it was just horrible. But then July, 2021, I got to go see one of the bands on the podcast called sleep waker and they were opening for this band called Victims, who's having their album release show. I was down in Chicago for it. Being in the mosh pit, taking that first hit, and like within the first five seconds, first hit, and then first punch to the face on accident, I have felt more alive than I had never felt. I'm like, this is incredible. This is awesome. And it's just, it's fun to be back up there to reconnect everybody and have that positive experience. So when it comes to you guys wanting to be back up on stage, provide that and connect with us from the stage and we play your music so that we can connect with you at the same point. I totally understand that. I totally get the vibe. Not that, but when you guys did release Bitter to come back and people were like, oh my God, this was worth the wait. It's like you guys never left. People are still continuing to follow you. And there's a good amount of times where bands do end up taking that break and come back. And it's like, sometimes people don't pay attention, but it's when people are paying attention still. That's when you know you guys really have a connection. Very similar, to, a little bit different, but uh, also similar in the same realm to Last year in 2020, back in April, and all of a sudden the Ghost Inside released their first new track following their horrific bus crash, and everyone just was absolutely stunned. Not only was it worth the wait, but these guys came back stronger than ever after something that potentially could have ripped apart the band completely due to unforeseen circumstances, but it was something where everyone just connected with it because there was so much power behind the song. There was so much emotion behind the song that people could really get behind given the story with you guys with bitter though coming back it's like okay now we're getting the chunk no captain chunk sound back once again we're getting some of that pop punk sound we're getting some of that he that more metal core sound we're getting the blending of genres within the same song consistently it is like they never left and this has totally been worth the wait so i can easily see where all of a sudden it's just you guys were nervous going into it but then an hour after you release the song seeing all the comments flood in and just positivity from the fans it feels a little bit vindicated in a way that coming back and doing things on your terms was easily the way to go. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. And you know, somehow, honestly, it's even something like right now, when I think about it, I cannot even explain it exactly. I, I, I cannot explain exactly what happened, but like, uh, I remember, um, last year around like April, April, 2020, I think uh, our label kind of like organized like an, uh, um, an online event that was called like fearless at home or something like that yeah and, and yeah and that's i think it was in caliber um yeah there was like a collab with alternative press or something and and um yeah they wanted me to actually talk about us 
writing the new album you know they wanted you know they wanted me to tease some like the thing that that was happening like in reality you know that was not even lying but so yeah the label told me oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna talk about that for like five minutes or something i was like okay well um and i was at first i was like okay that's that's gonna be odd like we've been we've been away for a while and nobody's you know i was not even announced on that online event um but you know like as soon as I started talking about you know a new album, like I saw like all the comments popping, and I was like blah blah blah, like and it was like, wow, that's that's cool. People are actually excited about this. And I I um you know uh, after the event, I read all the comments also on the YouTube video that was that was posted like just uh, right after, and I felt like. Uh, it was we were like people were waiting for us but and they were waiting for that new album but they were also waiting for that kind of music to come back for some reason that and you know we talked a little bit about that like earlier but i feel like that yeah that kind of like positive energy because that's that's kind of like the 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 you know how you can describe our band like the positive energy um uh, just like being happy, but like very angry at the same time, <laughs> somehow make makes a lot of sense right now after COVID, you know, um, and um, and somehow uh, when I when I look back and when I think of like 20, 2010, 2011, when we actually barely started, like, and and again we talked uh, we we talked a little bit about this already, but. Uh, that we that kind of music was not so accepted but now i feel like yeah a lot of people are just like waiting for this they're waiting for that kind of music to be to be released um just because i feel like a lot of people want positivity right now they want to you know they want to see hope they want to see a brighter future and you know uh they don't i mean there's always going to be like you know metal and metalcore uh, fans who want like that angry stuff, like talking about angry things, and um, yeah. Um, but us, it's talking about like positivity, positive things, but also with that like, yeah, angriness. Um, and and yeah, somehow it makes it makes a lot of sense to a lot of people uh, right now. Um, but it was very interesting to see. Uh, that's that's my point uh, because for us, it's it's kind of it's new. Uh, it's new and we feel even more at home right now uh, releasing new stuff because we know that you know people are reacting exactly the way we wanted them to 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 react uh, and to receive the new songs um, so yeah it, it again it feels good like, like I said earlier it feels good um, and 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 um and it's especially right now when like you know we like you said they're like there you know there hasn't been like shows for a year and a half um i feel like also the fact that warp tour is 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 um has disappeared does not help i feel like all the main like media is like alternative press rock sound and uh caring like they're you know they're trying to keep up but it's not it's not so easy with like nothing happening um, it's barely it's barely coming back, and I've, I'm very very glad to see that everybody's like getting back on track slowly. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it it will take time for this whole scene to actually come back uh, and exactly the where the way it was. 
And again, without a Wolf Tour, this will be, you know, this will be hard to, you know, to, I, I don't know. I feel like the music, that kind of music will be hard to, to be exactly the same, exactly the, the, to the, the way it was back in like, like 10 days ago or something like uh, 10, um, 10 years ago. But yeah, uh, I feel like it's slowly getting back on track and, and no matter what we'll be, yeah, we'll be there with whatever, with whatever happens, but yeah. Yeah. Please be there with whatever happens. Well, because again, without warp tour, especially when it comes to, you know, emo music, pop punk, alt, like a lot of alternative rocks and metalcore, like some of the more or hardcore stuff as well. Without warp tour being that like specific thing, and it was something that would like travel around the, the United States for like a month and a half, being a new city every single day. With so many bands playing, it's like you just had to wait till it came to your area and you could see all these different bands and really get into the whole entire thing. Now with Warp Tour gone, it's we have to depend upon other festivals as well. We have to, especially here in the US, we have to depend on the Danny Weaver Presents festivals like uh, Louder Than Life, Incarceration, Welcome to Rockville, Aftershock. Or we have to depend on some other ones as well, like uh, Rockfest, which is one I'm going to. Blue Ridge, which is becoming massive, especially after what's looking like this year. And I'm going to be at that one as well. And I can't wait for it. But the one thing I consistently see is like, I'll use the Damien Wimmer Presents ones as well. You take a look at the bands that are headlining. And you're seeing a lot of, I'm just going to say, a lot of legacy bands. A lot of bands that have been around for 20 plus years that you know exactly what you're going to get from them. You're seeing Metallica headline two nights in those Damien Wimmer Presents festivals. You're seeing Mudvayne headline. Yes, Mudvayne's back with Chad Green. It's it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But you're, but then also you're seeing like Slipknot headline again. I totally understand with how big they are. But the thing is, is you're seeing all these other bands that are really when it comes to pop punk, emo, alternate rock, metalcore, hardcore. They're further down the bill, and they're just not getting necessarily that press that they were getting on Warp Tour. And there's just not only that, but when it comes to popular culture as well. Again, you take a look when Warp Tour was basically at its peak. Like think, think, look, 2007, 2008, 2009. Pop punk was a gigantic thing. It's, it still was gigantic, I think, at that point. All of a sudden, you know, right when Warp Tour ended, pop culture was, especially here in America, was focused on what was going on in pop music, hip-hop and rap, depending upon where you were, in the, especially in the United States, pop country as well. So when it came to anything rocking a lot of the subgenres, they were kind of relegated to the back. Even I, I know some people might get on my case for this, but when MGK came out with this pop-punk album last year, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan, but I wasn't going to bash it because... Hell, my little cousin was getting into pop punk music. He was starting to check out all these different bands that I liked. I'm not, because because he started listening to uh, MGK's pop punk album. Am I going to stop him from doing that? Hell no. If if, nope. he all, if all of a sudden we're driving somewhere and he's telling me that he wanted to listen to his band called We Were Sharks, I'm like, wait, I know who they are. Hell yeah, let's go do it. And we're like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let this roll. Just keep this going. And I'm totally fine with it. Hell, even one day when we were fishing, when we were up north, he asked me to put on Falling in Reverse while we were fishing. I looked at him. I'm just like, dude, right on. <laughs> so it's definitely something where in pop culture, like the kind of music that we are talking about that we really like to listen to isn't as prevalent as it once was. But with live shows coming back now after the pandemic, so many different bands that are releasing new music. There's got to be a way where we can get those bands back in the forefront with you with no Chuck, no Captain Chunk, the positivity and the emotions of positivity and positiveness, whatever you want to call it, behind your music 
is something that people can really get behind as well. And I love what you said, like both happy and angry at the same time. Cause I kept thinking of a, a little quip, a clip from the Simpsons where Ralph Wiggum was having a sugar rush and he's jumping up down. He's like, I'm happy and angry. <laughs> like that's basically me in the pit. I'm like, I'm happy as all hell. I'm angry as all hell. I'm just in a state of awesomeness because I'm happy to be here, but I'm angry enough to basically try and knock some people over. But if I knock you down, you better believe I'm going to pick your ass right back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, you talked about a world tour. And, and again, I feel like just, we, we did it three times. We've been lucky enough to do it like three times. And it's very, that tour was so unique. Like this is the tour that actually, uh, that make that whole scene li live basically. And, and, and yeah, obviously it's cool to see that all those like independent like festivals uh, in, you know, all over the, the United States. I think it's pretty cool. The problem is that, yeah, like you said, everybody will have his own lineup. And when you want to, you know, when you're like a small touring band, like I'm not even small, like average or, you know, or, you know, or like us, uh, you don't have the budget to go like you, to, yeah, to play that one show in New York City. And, you know, you make like three days after like playing in L.A., uh, with nothing in between that, that you need to plan that kind of festivals like globally. Um, and without that, like, it's not even possible to make that happen. And that's where Warp Tour is so unique. And that's such like a, a challenging thing to, to make it happen. It's, it's because, you know, it's the organization behind that is huge. Like it's huge. And without, uh, that whole, like, um, plan that whole administration, that whole organization, that whole staff behind it. Like you cannot even like make like a quarter of this. It's not like, it's, I don't know, just looking back, I'm like, I'm like, how, how is that even possible? How was that even possible for to, yeah, to make such a great tour? Um, because it's between 50 and 60 shows all across the U S when you think about it, it's, I don't know. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable with like, yeah, let's say like 60 shows with at least 50 bands. And I remember we like, we did some warp tours, uh, in 20, 2012, I think there was like almost like a hundred tour, a uh, hundred bands, which was insane. Uh, insane. Um, oh, actually speaking of, uh, MGK, uh, actually we were on a warp tour with, with him. I think it was in 2014 and it was great. And it's great to see, to see him coming back with like a pop punk thing just because, because, you know, we were on the same tour and uh, now it's huge. And honestly, like just talking about, um, speaking about the, the, how the, the, the scene kind of like evolves, I totally, you know, uh, I'm totally supporting that kind of evolution just because it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense right now with like, what's trending and, and all of that. I feel like a lot of people were like, who grew up as, you know, scene kids kind of like switched to like urban music, like rap, trap and all of that. And it's perfectly fine. I feel, I, I, and it's perfectly fine just because, you know, um, you know, we, the scene does not have like much to offer right now, unfortunately, like there's, unfortunately, it's very unfortunate. Um, but I totally, um, you know, support how, you know, if, if we, if we got a blend, if, yeah, if we got a blend pop punk with trap, with rap, with hip hop, whatever, if it works. And I, I honestly think that his album is just awesome. I, I'm, I'm a really big fan. 
Um, but if, you know, tomorrow, like the new trend will be, you know, to make, I don't know, I'll say whatever, like, tr like metal with like, uh, you know, techno, I mean, no, it's, it's already been done. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever kind of combination that works and that makes the scene kind of live. It's cool. It's cool. Like I'm, I'm not a purist or, or, or whatever, uh, of whatever kind of music. Um, and I feel like everything that's new, that sounds fresh is good. It, it, you know, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. And, and it's been one of like our main concern while we were writing the new album is like coming up with something fresh because I feel like that's what the scene needs right now. And what's actually, what's actually been kind of like challenging for us writing this album is kind of like finding the perfect balance between something new, something fresh with like being, uh, being, um, still, you know, uh, doing our thing, like having that, that, that chunk sound in, in all of our songs. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, after our fourth album and, uh, in, especially in the kind of music in that niche genre we are like doing, uh, we're playing. Um, it's it's uh, it's very challenging to come up with something new. But when you're an artist and when you like, yeah, when you have like some sense of creativity uh, with your own music, you need to think forward. You need to you need to think of like, oh, uh, people are expecting this, but I want to take them there. You know. Um, and that's very challenging. That's very challenging as an artist, especially when you're like in that specific type of music as, uh, as us. Um, but yeah, and that's where I'm very, very proud and very glad of this record, just because I feel like all, all of the songs are doing that perfect balance between something new and, and something that, you know, that will be somehow kind of like expected by all, even by our like diehard fans. So I'm very glad. <laughs> Well, when it comes to that, one thing I always looked at when bands really like to experiment is, is what keeps you special still at the core of your music? Because you can go off and do all these different things, but is there something that still keeps you special that's at the core of it that is at every single song? Listening through Gone Are the Good Days, you can easily tell that this is a chunk, no cap, chunk record. You can feel it in the music. You can really hear it through your vocals. You can really feel it through how your vocals and the guitars really interact. But there is so much more going on here where you're going to get something fresh. And I do agree with you that when it comes to the scene, what whatever it might be, there are things that are needed to really keep things fresh because, yeah, we, we all like, you know, the stuff that, I'll use Pop Punk as an example for this one. Take a look at All Time Low. They've been consistently good ever since they came out. They've been consistently good in that pop punk realm. And you take a look at today, it's kind of like they're they're like the they're like a kind of like a baseline for what you like in terms of sound, what you kind of want to go for. But if we keep getting so many different bands that are gonna be the exact same way of as that, are we gonna want to keep listening to all those bands? No, because everyone's gonna sound the same. So always gotta try something new because you never know what's gonna hit. I'll use metalcore as an example as well. Would I want consistently, you know, generic metalcore? Not really, just because I'd be getting the same thing over and over and over again. Hell, my two favorite metalcore bands, one is Motionless and White, and it's all gothic metalcore with all these different gothic tones behind it. The other one kind of is a similar trope, but a little bit different with Ice Nine Kills when you have all the horror-based stuff behind it. I mean, hell, even listening to their brand new single, Hip to be Scared, it's, yeah, I'm, I was a little nervous when it came out because I'm like, they're doing another kind of thing with the Silver Scream, they're doing it again. I, it no work well last time, but we'll see what happens this time around. All of a sudden, they get to the bridge of it, and they do a whole Huey Lewis in the New Style bridge because it's a, based on American Psycho, and then they go into this brutal breakdown after. I'm like, 
I have no clue what the fuck I just heard, but that was awesome. <laughs> so it's getting something like that. But the other issue with that comes is how do people that used to be those like big scene kids or kids today that are wanting to go and potentially check something like this out, how are they going to find this? And are they going to be able to get into this? Because we don't have warp tour anymore, which is, you know, a year long, a yearly summer thing where we're getting 50 or 60 cities that are going to have 50 bands show up and play. And now they're going to get to see bands that you really like to see that are probably headlining, but you're going to want to be there all day because you know, the style of music that's going to be played at that festival. And you want to check out so many other bands that are going to be on that bill. And of course, now we have streaming services like Spotify, Apple music, where people can put all of their music and we can find out about it and check it out in an easier way. But there's so much there that it comes to having trouble to sift through all the noise Plus with streaming, I've got a whole, I got a whole problem with streaming as well, because I think people listen to the first 10 seconds of songs. It's like, if it doesn't hit right in the first 10 seconds up, oh, I don't want to listen to this band anymore. Eh. No, 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 no. Listen to the whole thing. Cause otherwise for me, that's how I got into metalcore. Honestly, if I didn't live, I didn't listen to the second song from motionless and white. I never would have gotten like fully into them as much as I am now. So there's gotta be some sort of a way where we can kind of get that warp tour feel back where people can go check out all these different bands openly and really feel it without having to just be like, oh, I don't want to go there. Eh. Or I don't like online. It's like, oh, 10 seconds. I want to go with something else that I know that's more familiar. No, it's like, I there's, when it comes to warp Tour, why do you think so many people still talk about it? Why so many people still yearn for it? Because it was something that meant so much to the scene. And now that we have different festivals, but because I still think that with the fact that they're banking on those legacy bands to bring people in, it's it's definitely hindering the growth of bands that are coming up, coming back. There are those, if you look at those uh, festival lineups that are not the headliners that are those middle tier bands that have a really decent following that people still love. But because for my, myself, even if there's not a band that I specifically would want to see, it's like, there's times like a festival. Would I want to spend all that money? It's sometimes it's like, I use the Danny members presents ones. I, with Metallica, I'm not that big into Metallica. I respect them. It's just not necessarily my thing. Would I want to spend so much money to go to a festival for one day because Metallica was headlining? Yeah. I mean, two years ago, I went to Riot Fest in Chicago because I wanted to go see Rise Against so bad uh, for like the ninth time. But Slayer was headlining. It was one of their last shows. I'm like, okay, I totally understand that. I want to go see that. But... I looked at the rest of the bill and I was like, I really don't want to go see anybody else because I'm so stuck on this with warp tour. I was, it's kind of like with blue Ridge this year as well. I have the problem of excess where it's like, okay, I don't know what bands are playing at what time I'm going to have to make some choices here. And it could be somewhere. I'm like, okay, I've seen this band three times before. I've never seen this band before. Do I want to go see this band for the fourth time? Even though I know exactly what I'm going to get, I'm going to love it. Or do I want to go check this out? There's probably going to be me going, I'm going to go over here and see what's going on over here. And I can become a huge fan of a band off of that. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, again, that's where Warped Tour was so special and was so unique and will be greatly missed. It's because, yeah, that, that will, like I said, that would make that whole scene live for one year just with one summer, you know. Um, yeah, the, 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 I don't know, like, just me, like, looking back at a Warped like, even our first Warped Tour is like, we gained so much fans, like so many fans after every Warp Tour. Like I remember, you know, Instagram was not so big like in 2012, but it was still, you know, it was growing up. But I remember I created my first Instagram like just right before Warp Tour 2012. And just playing Warp Tour, I started with like, 
I mean, I, re I remember, I don't know, like in, let's say September, 20, 2012, I gained in one summer, something, something around like, I don't know, I can't remember, but like maybe 10 K 10, like, like, yeah, 10 K of, of new followers, you know, just for playing one tour. And it's, uh, it's, it's insane. Um, and you would get like, you would also, what's really cool for a band playing World Tour is that you get to meet your fans in every city. Um, and this is very, very cool because uh, having that kind of like personal connection with your fans and like in all of those different places in the United States is, is something that a lot of people, um, yeah, appreciate. And even, even nowadays, like I get like, tagged in all of those pictures I took with fans at Warp Tour from like 2012, 14, 16. And, and yeah, it's always me, the same pose at the tent, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but it, it feels good. And, and, you know, we're talking about nostalgia. That's exactly, you know, what nostalgia feels like to me. It's just looking back at, the, at those pictures with like those happy kids uh, that had like a, the, the time of their lives. And, yeah, yeah. I honestly, it's a shame that a warp tour is over. Um, I mean, not over, but like definitely over. Um, yeah, I don't know. We should. I don't know. There, there should be a solution. There should be like a global solution to make it come back. Come, not, not necessarily come back. This, like exactly the way it was, but like maybe in a new way. Maybe like blend some, some sort of like rap trap artists in the lineup. Whatever. Just. Yeah, it has to come back. It has to come back, and I think as soon as it comes back, um, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll like the scene. The scene will be back as well. And um, yeah, if Warped Tour comes back, there's also other festivals that will come back. Like even in Europe, even in in Asia or or whatever. It's not like Warped Tour has that kind of like um, impact on the entire scene, the live, the live, but also the bands, the creativity that, you know, um, that's, um, yeah, that's on the market for, 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 for those bands. But yeah, I don't know. I miss Walter. That's, that's, that's well, while you were describing that, I just came up with an idea because you're talking about how can we get like a festival comeback? Like that's not just not just like what Warp Tours, but like evolve it to also add potentially some more hip hop styles, so maybe more of that trap style as well. And I'm thinking, has there been anything that has incorporated both of those on like the same set or on the same soundtrack or something like that, that has absolutely worked out? And I actually thought of one that has the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. If you oh, listen yeah. to it, there's right. a lot of pop punk. There's a lot of punk rock. There's some metal. There's some metalcore. There's some, there's some rap, hip hop, trap. There's all of that around there. So it does have a thing behind it and we and also that you can add this the whole entire skate culture to it as well i mean when it came to warp tour skate culture was all the rage with it as well vans was it it was van, it was sponsored by vans for god's sake and that was like the skate shoe back in the day so there's so much that could be done around that it just depends on if we're going to be able to do it and who'd want to take the reins on something like that would i love to take the reins on something like that absolutely i need a lot more money though but i would love to give that a shot but also, I, I, I mean, I understand the, the commercial aspect of it. Like, and I remember that, I mean, I don't want to say any mistake, but, um, you know, in 20, 2016, I mean, the lineup was amazing, but maybe it was just a bad choice of like us being in, in the, in, 
and like we could have been made like the routing could have been maybe better or something but you could tell in some cities that you know uh sometimes the the show was not that good like they would not pull a lot of people um so i understand the commercial aspect of it and i understand that you know it's a it's very it's a risky business i mean the live the the music the live music production is a risky business uh, in general but um I don't know. I feel like if you if you add up everything that's behind it, like all the music industry that's behind it, um, it's it has such a huge impact. So I don't know. It's I don't know. It can be Kevin Lyman. It can be someone else. But it ha there there has to be someone uh, that 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 could do something. That yeah, we need help. I mean, after COVID, obviously, because right now, if the, if it if it would come back like this year in 2021 obviously that would that would yeah that would not be in the best uh environment in the best conditions but yeah maybe 2022 2023 whatever it if you know uh it has to come back <laughs> i think in the us so a lot of it's going to depend upon the success of the blue ridge rock festival because looking at the headliners that they have on that one they've got a lot of different headliners but a lot of them are bands that are from around that area i mean on like thursday they have as a headliner breaking benjamin a day to remember the ghost inside they're having as a headliner because it's like one of their first shows ever since that like their third or fourth show since the bus crash so it's like okay we want to have them on there on on friday it's like okay you know you have rise against as one of the headliners which of course you know i'm not i'm not gonna miss that i have to go to that you also have like, you know, shine downs in there, hailstorms in there. You get some five finger death punch as well. So you do have some like a little bit of older bands, but you don't have bands that were like basically their heyday was like the mid nineties. It's you're having yeah. bands that's whose heyday was in the time of warp tour in, in a sense. So I think it's like, if we take a look and see how that festival turns out to be a success, then something like warp tour could be viable. Plus I still remember going to shows back in 2019 here in Milwaukee and it was typically the rock and metal shows that had all the sellouts that were having the biggest, the craziest, and the most energetic crowds. I still remember this was back in November of 2019. They had a pop artist in this in the bigger spot in the ballroom up top. Then they had an alternative rock artist in the middle rung in the basement. It was Light the Torch, Fit for a King, and Ice Nine Kills. The only reason that we couldn't move up from the basement to a different level was because they were already booked and they already sold tickets there. But those tickets for that show sold out maybe in an hour. And I was able to get one. So I was like, hell yeah, let's go. It was just nuts scene. And then all that, but seeing all the people come in, we were the first ones in and we were the last to leave. We had the early, we had the, the show time that started the earliest and we had the show that got out last and everyone loved it. So I'm just thinking, my God, this is something that has to come back. Like there is definitely... There's definitely life there. It doesn't seem like there's life there because when you take a look at what pop culture is looking at, again, I'm using the United States as the primary example, pop, hip hop and rap, some popular country as well. You're not really seeing that rock and metal really take flight. When people think of rock bands that are in popular culture and really ingratiating that, they're thinking like Imagine Dragons and Maroon 5. They're not thinking bands like, you know, they're not thinking metalcore bands. They're not thinking Chunk, No Captain Chunk. They're not thinking bands like those. They're thinking like bands that are, you know, you're, you're going to hear on like popular radio stations. You're not thinking about bands that you're going to hear on Octane. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, by the way. Uh, yeah. So you're from Milwaukee. Yes. Uh, that's it, right. And that's, that's where there's like the haunted bunny, right? Yes. Yes, there is. Yeah, that's this one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a, such a special venue. Like, I don't know. Like 
I think we've been we we played there like oh we played there with a day to remember uh, in 2013. Uh, we also I don't know we played it this a, a couple times, but I remember like I don't know which tour was was that, but. I think there was like some sort of a group uh, of like uh, different band members from different bands actually who were like who went like in the basement or something that you know where the kind of like there there was a whole story that I don't remember mm -hmm. but like that was creepy and I think we we started to make like a a tour video for of like us doing like with a lamp exactly like like in the Goonies you know it was kind of like this um but yeah anyways uh yes and and speaking of, of uh, milwaukee i really milwaukee warp tour is always amazing it's it's all it's always been amazing i i think when you when you type like chunk knockout and chunk live the the first video that comes up is actually from warp tour milwaukee and there's like uh yeah that's where we had like the the the, the panda suits uh going on stage and, and all of that and at that that show was so special like it was the last of the day we were kind of like closing up warp tour we were like the last of the day and <laughs> oh my god and, um, <laughs> i see it i i totally see it right now i just looked up on youtube from july 30th 2014 so that video 14, was literally yeah. Seven years prior to the release of Gone of the Good Days, literally exactly. seven years prior. Yeah, and and honestly, there's like one thing that you can I can think of just like just thinking of like oh Gone of the Good Days. What am I gonna think of? I'm not gonna think of this one of this this one live live show. That was I don't know. There was something very special about that show. That was that was amazing, and uh, yeah, it's just great memories for for sure. Oh yeah. So if when you get, I mean, when you guys are able to come back over to us, please, please, please come back to Milwaukee because we, we you know, you, you know, the crowd here, we, we love, we love live music. We love going absolutely nuts for it. We love creating those crazy modules. We love just enjoying life and hell. We get a lot of people from Chicago to come up as well because it's an hour and a half away and hell. I always have a lot of fun with everyone from Chicago, even when I go down there for shows as well. So you'll get that crazy crowd once again. And when you guys talk about doing like the whole entire flashlights at the rave, which is the venue here in Milwaukee that's haunted, over Halloween in 2020, to, for the venue to try and make money, they turned down all the lights. If you paid like 40 bucks, you could go in with a flashlight and just explore. So oh, this, really? so this girl <laughs> I was hanging out at the time, I was like, you want to do this? Because I'm, I'm totally into this. And I want to do this. She was into it, so... We started walking through and everyone's like kind of looking through like creepy. There's me looking to try and find certain things like, oh, I'm at the ballroom floor. Is this where I, is this where I split my head open? This is where I spilt blood? I don't remember. Oh, I remember when I was here and this happened. And they're like, we had one person with us. I was kind of like talking about, okay, you know, this is what happened at the venue. Like, this is why it's haunted. Then they started talking about the haunted pool. And I'm like, I have to find this pool. This is my one thing. I have to find the pool. End up going to the basement stage. Now I know where it is. If you go to the basement stage, if you walk behind the stage and down some stairs, the door at the end of the hallway, you open up, and that's when you get to the pool. And they had a little thing where if you got to the pool, they had the bottom of the pool covered in, uh, like, with a smoke machine. And they oh, had a red right. balloon okay. tied to the drain grate. So it looked like Pennywise there. I'm like, oh, this is freaking awesome. And they're telling us about the, the kid that drowned there back like 50, 60 years ago. People are still kind of getting a little freaked out that followed me there. There's me with a flashlight looking at all the signatures on the wall. I'm like, did I, was I at that show? Was I at that show? Was I at that show? And then I was trying to find one. I'm like, I got to take a picture next to one. The girl that I was with, she said, we got to this ballot. She's like, Kevin, I found the one you have to take a picture with. What? 
I turned around, big giant Ice Nine Kill signature. And I was wearing an Ice Nine Kill shirt because it's a day of probably, I'm like, this doesn't take a genius. Take a picture. There you go. <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know they were like doing this. That's that's cool. That That's a pretty cool thing to do. But like, so was there like some sort of like, um, I don't know, activities? Like, like um, was was it was it like going to like an amusement park or something like that? No, it's literally just go into the venue, they give you a flashlight, and they basically let you explore. You start at the top, you go to the bottom. They didn't let anyone under 21 in because you're able to drink during the whole entire time as well. So I'm like, yay! So it's like, okay, here, I'm going to grab a beer here, grab a beer here, just keep enjoying myself. And it was just something where it was just cool to be back at, at a live music venue back during the pandemic. And I still have yet to return to that venue because... Their first shows were happening in the middle of July of 2021, and the tickets I first had to go back to the venue were for Deftones and Gojira, which I was super excited about because I bought those tickets for 2020. Then they pushed the tour back to 2022. So I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that. So now the first time I get to go back to the rave at the, as it stands right now would be September 18th when Shinedown is headlining. So I'm like, that's going to be some, that's going to be just like a whole different, like nostalgia trip show for me. Cause I get to see Shinedown, not that, but I get to be back at this venue. And if I split my head open and start bleeding everywhere, I'm going to be happy as all hell. Unless if it's like, <laughs> you know, horrible and I can't really see straight anymore. That'd be bad. Sure. But yeah, that was, that, that's a great venue. And that's, you know, uh, besides the, the haunting, thing uh, apart like it's it's i don't know we've always played great shows in front of great crowds uh and and uh yeah i, I don't i don't for some reason i don't remember the backstage area here but uh but uh yeah great shows and i think one of the best we did was uh with was with a dutch remember i remember it was the last show of the tour so they kind of like and not the last show of the tour but the last show of our part of the tour because we we're just like doing half of it and then issues was was doing the other half, but um, um, yeah, it was it was great. It was um, just just thinking about this, just just you know, like when you're when you've toured in so many countries, in so many cities, in so many venues, like you get that one little detail that you will remember, and that will like you know trigger an entire memory of like the show, the day, what happened, like the party afterwards, or or like all those things and and that specific venue kind of like triggers a lot of those like very specific memories you know um yeah i can't yeah i just i just can't wait to to yeah to yeah be back on track and like play and uh and do all those crazy things and 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 hopefully next time i will experience the whole like haunt like haunted house thing um because last time i was kind of like not not too scared but i uh i'll, I'll let the the other guys um go um uh but yeah it was it, it was really cool just make sure but, next um, time you come back you sign the pool just sign the pool that's that's all i that's I did, one thing i didn't do. know there were signatures there but uh yeah i mean ice nine kills make a lot of sense in that environment for sure <laughs> but uh yeah sure sure we'll yeah. do we'll do and, and the ice nine kill signature is huge i think the only bigger signature on there and this is for all the hip hop fans out there and rap fans, the only bigger signature that Ice Nine Kills in there was a big giant circle that at least said Mac Miller is dead. He wrote oh. it at his last show. Like he wrote it. What? Yeah. Really? What the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm being dead serious. He wrote Mac Miller is dead on one of the walls in the like where the pool is. 
in a huge, like, like it was huge, circled it and everything, and that was his last show that he played at the Rave back in 2016, and then he died the next year. He died the next year, yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that's an, uh, <laughs> an interesting story. Uh, but yeah, well, that, that's, that's a part of, uh, history then that's, uh, that's cool. That just, that just kind of adds a little bit more of the, like the haunting vibes, of the pool as well. When you, it's like, oh my God, who wrote, who wrote that? He wrote that. Wait, what? <laughs> it it kind of adds to the whole entire mystique of it as well. But I mean, I, I mean, if I'll put it this way, if, when you guys get a chance to come over and tour this album, tour over in the U S hopefully with the way the pandemic's going, hopefully it's 2022 because I, I mean, I've start, you know, shows are coming back over here. I'm starting to see some bands start to travel over here as well. I don't know what's going on for you guys. I'm just going to play it. Gosh, say hopefully 2022, please, 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 please come back to Milwaukee, come and play at the rave because we will go absolutely apeshit crazy in the, in, in the crowd. And yes, you, you will definitely see me in that crowd. Probably with oh, a bunch yeah. of other people oh, yeah. as well that I know that are like, holy shit, I want to go to this show. Yep. Come on, let's go. <laughs> But I, yeah, I, re I really hope so. And I really hope this will, you know, it's weird for us to release an album without like a whole like year of touring afterwards, because that's, you know, what we were used to um, uh, before COVID and, and with our previous albums. But, uh, but yeah, definitely. And, and I know that, especially that part of America, like the, the whole area was like Chicago, Milwaukee, but there was also the other part with was like uh, Indianapolis, um, mm -hmm. uh, Detroit, and all that. Like um, I don't know how you call that that zone here, that we, that part of America. Yeah. But we call it we call it the Midwest. The Midwest, yeah. Here we go, Midwest. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that that area is has always been huge for us. Maybe maybe our best market in the entire United States, like better than like the east of the east coast and the west coast. But um, I don't know why. I cannot explain why specifically this area has always been great for us. But I mean, you guys are great, are great people, great crowd, great energy for sure. Um, but yeah, there's also some yeah, there's always been something special, and I remember. Us being on the road, like being on those like very long tours and just waiting for those shows, you know, um, just because we we would know uh, instantly that there were that that was that, that that's going to be amazing, you know. So we're just like excited, and 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 I think where that's where our booking agent is like really smart is he made sure that all those shows happen like on Friday nights, Saturday nights, mm -hmm. just to make sure that this would pull a lot of people as much as, as possible. But um, I mean, there's, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, talking about those areas as like markets because, you know, all like the entire United States has always been amazing. There's been like, you know, obviously some areas was like not as we, where we don't have like as many fans as others, obviously, but yeah, just like Midwest. Midwest is like, has always been, you know, something for sure. I'll say, don't worry about like, if you think like, oh, you know, I'm talking about the other areas. Well, like when it, typically when it comes to us, the Midwest is typically like the hotbed for rock, metal, any of the subgenres, anything alternative around that as well. Just because I don't know what it is as well. I've tried to explain it before, but I, I, I really am not sure the full answer. I think it has something to do with just the weather and the type of culture that's around that specific part of the country where rock and metal just really have more of a connectedness to it of course there are other places around the country as well that do have some sort of that connectedness as well but it's just in a it's in a like a smaller area and a smaller group of people like 
you know, we have the Midwest is probably the biggest spot for it. You do have spots in the Northeast part of the United States, like especially like Massachusetts, Boston area that really kind of yeah. cl- like hang on to that as well. You go south into Florida where I, I Florida's its own animal, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. like bands like oh, a yeah. day to remember under oath. I think trivium as well are from there. Like you get all these different bands that have Texas is its own animal as well. And then some spots on in California, but really when it comes to like the largest concentration of people in the country that are really into rock and metal, you're typically going to get that in the Midwestern part of the United States. I agree. I totally agree. And, and, and it's, it's, uh, and back on Warp Tour, but like, I remember that, yeah, Warp Tour, like Warp Tour on those dates were always the best. And, you know, the video I showed you earlier with like, uh, with the, the, the 2014 Warp Tour in Milwaukee was just, I don't know, it was just amazing. It was just like, you can tell that like everybody in the, you can pause that video at like every second. And you, I, I remember, oh yeah, I remember that. And, and you can see it and you can watch it on the, on the video that this, that was sick. We were playing a small stage of like the smallest that we were playing the, the early ball stage. They brought security for the security, <laughs> <laughs> which was, which was, I don't know, insane. <laughs> now bringing security for the security. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. When I looked at, when I looked at just the thumbnail of that video, because I know where warp tour was, was, was held. I know the area incredibly well. I know exactly what stage you guys were on because it's at the Summerfest grounds here when we have Summerfest here and we got multiple stages. It's always there. But we have okay. some, we had Summerfest back in 2019. That exact same thing happened where we, the security needed backup security for us was when August Burns Red was playing because we said, screw this. There's a bunch of benches here. People want to mosh and it is too dangerous with all these benches here. So we just picked them up and stuck them on the side. We had people holding them. And all of a sudden, here comes security trying to push them down. We had so many people holding up. They need to bring in so much other security to try and get these benches back down because, of course, insurance, liability reasons. But we were trying to make it safer for everybody because, honestly, people trying to mosh in between, like, these little, like, corners of the bench, like, little, like, space between the benches, I was getting knocked down off them and I almost probably ripped up my knee six or seven times because I'm getting knocked down. My foot's caught and my knee is twisting one way. I thought, I thought I was going to go up in the hospital that night with a knee injury. But once we picked up those benches, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. Then here comes security. And we were, I think we fought them for like six minutes before like, yeah, this ain't worth it. Oh, wow. <laughs> they brought, it, it was like a flood of security just kept coming. It was like one after another, just here they come consistently. And we basically looked and said, you guys did not plan for this, right? You guys did not plan for this at all. But we tried to make it as best as possible. And now I'm pretty sure if August Burns Red comes back to Milwaukee, they'll definitely play at the rave where they hand out the little cards that say, no moshing, no crowd surfing, no crowd killing. And they only do that for insurance purposes. They know everyone else is going to do it. <laughs> Sure, sure, of course. I mean, you know, and I remember it was a thing also on World Tour 2016. Like there were, yeah, there was like some big signs saying, "Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you start motion, you're out," or something like that. But um, and I understand that, like you know, and uh, and unfortunately, um, I saw we saw some kids like getting very, very injured. Not our shows, at our shows, because, um, you know, um, I, I don't know, but. I, I saw. I, I remember watching uh, Chelsea Grin um, playing on 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 the Wall Street himself, 2012, I think. And I I, I don't know what happened. Uh, like uh, I think uh, some some girl kind of like started to pass out, and 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, but I 
I saw why, you know, that kind of thing can be very, very dangerous. And, and I think they kind of like stopped the whole festival for like an hour or something like that for just to, I don't know, to clear the mess. But, um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, you know, even like 2016 world tour where they kind of like, they were very, very cautious about that kind of things. You know, people are here to have a good time and, and just, you know, hearing your story saying, and obviously you, yeah. you I feel like you're getting always injured, <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's cool. That's, I remember Walter 2014, where uh, we were like um, at the merch table and, you know, we were going through the, the line and some like some kid arrived, like run at our table and it was like, dude. I had the time of my life. I cannot thank you enough. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool. And, and thank you for the memory. And I was like, what memory? And he showed me like his uh, thumb and his thumb was basically like, like this, like <laughs> 90 degree, like out. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> sorry for the memory. But uh, yeah, that, you know, that kind of story. But, you know, I understand also the fact that, you know, we should, we want we want this to be a safe place for everyone and we don't want anyone to be like that injured um not going to the hospital or anything but that's also how you you create memories is like taking that kind of risk to have mm -hmm. that you know energy going and and that's something with all it's right to to make happen at our shows like we always want to have that sort of climax in our set where like the entire crowd kind of like go fucking nuts and and uh and yeah sometimes shit happens but yeah whatever <laughs> yeah sometimes shit happens. i mean hey i know i talk about like how it seems like i tip i get hurt it's either i almost get hurt or i do get hurt but it's those times when i do get hurt or like really almost get hurt those are the times i remember the most because i'm just like holy yeah. crap i can't believe that happened however as like 2019 early 2020 when i was in those mosh pits it felt like we finally were starting to really get to that point where we, you knew the people that were going to be in there. You knew the type of people that were going to be in there. And for the people that were around there, that's like, okay, they want to get in there. They want to get, they stood on the edge. They were pushing people back in the pit. So everyone was still having fun. So people like if there were women that didn't want to jump in or guys that didn't want to jump in, you could easily do that. But then the rule of, if you get knocked down, you pick them back up. It's gotten to the point where it's not just one person picking someone back up. It's like five or six people picking someone back right. up. And, I've even seen shows where all of a sudden, like, it was been super hot outside. This one I saw Rise Against at Ride Fest. People were passing out because of the heat. And you couldn't get security or you couldn't get, like, medical help in the, into the crowd because of how packed in everybody was. All right. So you want to know what we did? How do we get these people out of there? All right, let's pick them up. Let's crowd surf them to the front because then they can get the attention they need. And you started seeing people, like, that were passing, like, okay, hold them up. Here we go. We'll start taking them to the front. Within maybe 15 seconds, they were... They went from being complete and utter danger to now being out of the crowd and in the hands of security personnel that could get them the medical attention they needed. So there's definitely now an evolving mindset to the point where I think it definitely is possible to the point where we can bring back those like bring back something like Warp Tour and have moshing be a full on effective thing and people really fully understand the unwritten rules of 
don't go and completely crowd kill somebody. Don't go like have a vendetta against somebody. If you get if someone if you find someone knocked down, pick their ass back up. If they're having trouble or if they're hurt, find a way to get them out of there. Like I've seen people get hurt in the pit, and all of a sudden there's a group of, like ten or twelve guys that literally form a circle around them to see if they can if they're okay, if they can get up, and what they need to help them get out of that area. Like it's yeah. it's it's definitely a mindset now, and I absolutely love it. So hopefully we can sort of bring back Warp Tour with that in a way and continue to add on to it so that the scene can once again go from what it is now to what it like have the prominence and have the impact that it did back in, let's say, two thousand five, two thousand six. Right. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. And and actually, yeah, what you said was was actually very true. Like there was a lot of um, problems due to people being dehydrated. Uh, and I could tell from like, especially the last Warped Tour, I don't know if it's like global warming or anything, but I can tell like I, I saw Warped Tour getting hotter and hotter. And, and um, I remember um, in 2014 or something like they had like a whole system where like to make sure like everyone, to keep everyone hydrated. Um, but, um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, that's that's the kind of mindset. That's kind of like the the kind of rules you. That was that was so cool about about World Tour. I mean, we can talk about World Tour, but also about like all those you know festivals or shows in that scene. Like that was we were like we were like family, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like this did everybody was kind of like in that mindset. We're like all in this together somehow. Um, um, yeah. Again, I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, keep saying the same thing, but yeah, World Tour needs to be. I, I think the best way to summarize it is we want the scene to come back to its promise because we want this family to be whole again. We want this rock sure. and family to be whole again to the point where everyone can go to these shows, find out about so many new bands, enjoy the bands that they love once again, and just enjoy life to the fullest. I think that's the best way to put it. And again, relating it back to Gone of the Good Days with the sound you guys create on that, the positive vibes behind it. It's a great way to bring people not only back in that positive mindset, but also into the enjoyment that the scene provides. Sure, sure. And, you know, this this album has also been written like with, you know, the live performance in mind. And, uh, you know, we we know we know the kind of like uh, reaction we want to trigger um, playing those new songs. And yeah, I just I just I just can't wait. I don't know when this is going to be. I don't have any uh any you know I'm, I'm not sure about the future but like the only thing i'm sure of uh i said it already but like is like as soon as it comes back as soon as we the, the the entire music industry is coming back especially in that scene we will be there we we will be on stage playing those new songs for you guys and um yeah i'm just i'm just stoked <laughs> oh i can't wait to hear these new songs and i'm just gonna tease this one a little bit when the album comes out, run through the whole entire thing, but make sure, make sure you listen to the song Complete You because there is quite the surprise at the end of the song that took me for a freaking ride. It took me by total surprise. And when I first heard it, I started laughing in utter amazement because it was one of the coolest things I've seen this year. I'm not going to say what it is because I want you to check out the song yourself. So when the song and the album releases on July 30th, 2021, run through the whole album from top to bottom. But when you get to complete you, it's the eighth song on the track. Really take a listen and just wait for the big surprise to happen. Here you go. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you picked up this one. I mean, 
obviously the ending is 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 something but uh just a little story about that that song is that it started as a kind of like almost as a joke but as more as a crazy experiment um you know we start like we started with like the most random like drum beat was was like kind of like tropical like afro kind of like, dun, 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 like it was like okay let's okay let's 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 have that challenge like can we make can we build a song uh out of this thing you know uh and we started to add some percussion like like very uncommon elements for us and yeah somehow when i listen to this song right now i'm like somehow this is like the one of the most chunk song i mean for me not for our fans but like to me it it speaks to me in a very it resonates to me and like in a very specific way and and it's when i listen to this song i'm like you know that's that's maybe the one track we've always wanted to write you know all these years and um and yeah uh it's it's a weird track it's still like one of one of the weirdest track but it it makes so much sense uh all together and and yeah you get that ending i'm not gonna spoil anyone but if you did i'll <laughs> yeah. put it this way if you didn't have that ending in there man the track would not be as strong that ending of is course. needed to make that track just completely pop i was blown away by it i'm still thinking about that thinking like man i can't believe you guys actually did that but where it makes so much sense with chunk is because you guys were blending different styles in there man you blended it's you're consistently blending different styles within the same song itself and on this one with that surprise you absolutely nailed it so i can't wait for people to check that one out hell yeah me too me too i and on, I, I, don't, I don't i'm not sure but this track might be released just right before the 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 july 30th so i don't know we'll see I, I'm, I'm not sure about the release plan i don't want to say any mistake but uh, yeah oh fair enough actually, actually this one yeah this this one this specific t- twist yeah, I just can't wait for people to, to hear it. But yeah. So make sure you check out that specific twist when complete you. That is one of the songs on Gone to the Good Days when that comes out, whether it comes out as a single just before the album releases or if it comes out on album release day on July 30th, 2021, because you're in for one hell of a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, Bert, as we close out this episode of the podcast, one thing I always like to do at the end of this is to give you a chance to say anything you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote. So, Bert, at the moment, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm going to be very, go with something very standard, just like like you said, reminding everyone that we, that we have a new album coming out in a couple of we have pre-orders out and these will like there's like some links on our facebook or something where you can buy some like gorgeous vinyls with like some piece of merch and all of that and like and just i want to remind everyone that like you're we are living you know very tough times right now especially in the music industry that has suffered COVID a lot and the best way to help the artists and to help in general like the music industry behind it is to you know um, you know, streaming obviously the album, but if you can like purchase those like couple of items we have for the album, like the vinyls, the merch, and all of that, that that's that's awesome. So if you do, that's that's great. We are very proud of this record. Like it's all been self-produced. We all did this by ourselves, which was kind of like an like such a, a great achievement for us. Recorded, mixed, and and written ourselves. 
And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to play uh, to play it live. We just we just can't wait. Uh, it, it I'm even scared that you know uh, maybe I'm not even gonna be able to you know like I don't know play this song properly. But uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll be able to do that. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I wanna like when when the album is out. I want to I want to have all your comments. I want to see I want to know what song is your favorite. I want to know what song is your least favorite and I want to know why just because for us we took like so many risks writing this record that there's like a lot of information we need from you guys to continue because if you want to you know think of like start thinking of like a fifth record we want to make sure we go in the right direction for you guys. Um so yeah, that's uh, that's about it. I'm just I'm just stoked, man. And and again, thank you, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, that's really cool, and I really enjoyed the fact that we're able to talk about the scene, the record, and and all of that. It's it 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 feels really good. Well, Bert, thank you very much. But I'm gonna have to end this episode with three continuous things I always do. Well, right when you said like you know you got new merch and whatnot, like vinyls and whatnot, right? My mind was like. <gasps> Holy shit, I got to buy some. And my bank account's like, Kevin, please stop for the love of God. You keep doing this. But my mind's always more powerful. So, ha, take that. But when it comes to ordering the album, ordering some merch, you know, buying a physical copy, buying a digital copy, streaming it, pre-saving it. When it comes to following along with Chunk, no Captain Chunk online, watching the music videos, when it comes to being able to comment on their stuff when the album releases, to tell them what your favorite track is, what your least favorite track is. But the most important thing is tell them why that is in those comments. You're going to want to be following them on all their social platforms. You're going to want to know where to buy this stuff or where to order this stuff. You're going to want to be a part of that. Trust me on that. But Instead of making you guys go out and search for that, I'm going to do you one better. Take a look at the uh, description of the podcast. If it's on YouTube, link description below. If it's on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, just take a look at the description of the episode. You're going to see something that says, find Chunk No Captain Chunk online. There's going to be labels and links there so you guys can quickly click, find everything, like, share, subscribe, all their stuff, listen to all their stuff, pre-save or pre-order, do whatever you got to do. Now, Bert, now here's the second thing. Whenever I have a guest in the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having on the podcast, I like to make a certain promise. And this has happened 100% of the time. This is not an exception to that rule. So this is going to continue to happen. So the promise to you is, this is not an if. This is no way an if. This is a when. I get to see you perform live for the first time. And it doesn't matter where it is. Hopefully Milwaukee, but it doesn't matter where it is. When I get to see you perform live for the first time, first round's on me. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll take notes. Uh, I re- be careful. I'll, I'll, I'll remember this. <laughs> oh, please remember this. Please make my bank account say, Kevin, please stop for the love of God. What are you doing? And be like, ha ha ha. Give me two drinks, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's cool, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Bert, again, thank you very much for being on the podcast. This is easily one of the most in trouble conversation I've ever had, not only talking about your own, but then talking about the scene as well, really going in deep with it as well. So I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience by saying goodbye due to the fact that that is way too final. I'd love to be back in the podcast again. Plus I have to make good on my promise. I want to see you play live. I'm going to end up buying you that first round because it is on me and I can't end with a goodbye. That's too final. So I'm going to end it with what I always end it with. See you later. See you later. <laughs> 
Ooh, uh, folks, that was my interview with Bert from the band Chunk. No, Captain Chunk. Their brand new I'm Gone Are the Good Days is coming out on Friday, July 30th, 2021. Want to make sure you go check out the album. Want to make sure you order some merch, order the vinyls if you can. Follow them on all their social media platforms. And when the album comes out, please comment what your favorite track is, what your least favorite track is to them, and tell them why. So you can find all the links for everything to like, share, subscribe, listen, stream, whatever it might be to their stuff in the description of the podcast, along with everything for MSOTD Rocks from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. This YouTube channel is where we also have the Core Progression Podcast videos. You can also find the audio streams of the podcast on Spotify, Google Play, not Google Play anymore, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. So link description below for there. If you're not subscribed, please do. If you are, thank you. Please give us a like on everything you possibly can. I would absolutely love it and appreciate it. Also, thank you to the sponsor, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring this video and podcast. Please remember to use the code MSOTD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. And make sure you listen to Gone to the Good Days on July 30th, 2021, when it comes out. So you can welcome back Chunk. No, Captain Chunk. Back to the music world. So on that note, that's going to be it for me, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOTD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes of the Big Healthy and Hearty. See ya!